This is from this is from Luke, and uh, we're gonna I'm gonna do my best to tie in. Uh, this is a sort of a Mother's Day verse or scripture, but I'm gonna try to tie in Mother's Day with our series on peace and contentment. And who could use more peace and contentment than a busy modern day mom? A million and one things going. Uh, how many moms just got way too many things going on in your head most of the time, right? You are juggling, juggling, juggling. By the way, have any of you ever learned how to juggle? Literally, you should do that. As an, it would probably be less stressful than what you do from day to day. Uh, actually, you could probably juggle working chainsaws and it would be less stressful than what you do from day to day. Here is um, here's the story of... Jesus being born, now we know Mary was told that she would be with child, and of course, by the angel, she was confused and said, how, how could this be? How could this be? And uh, anybody ever been caught up on the how question? How is this going to work out? How is this possible? I'm, I'm not sure. And then she goes on to say, very, very uh, famous quote from Mary, um, may it be, may it be as you have said. So for me, one of the great things is when you get to the place in life where you can say, let it be, right? Just let it be. And then Mary and Joseph um, take their, their son and they have, they brought him for the purification rites. So maybe not quite, but sort of a modern day equivalent of what we're talking about doing our child dedication. And um, when they get to the temple, there is a man named Simeon there. And Simeon takes the, the Christ child into his arms, and he prays God, and he says, Oh, sovereign Lord, now you can dismiss your servant in peace. Sort of like, now I can die, I've held him. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Mary and Joseph are standing there. You've got to think about this. This guy grabs the child. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Then it says this, the child's mother and father marveled, right? They were amazed, verse 33, at what was said about him. So you can imagine, right? How many parents have just had a proud moment? I mean, even if it was little. Huh? You had a proud moment. You're like, boy, they, they said this about my kid, and it just felt so good. Now, this is a baby, right? So we don't even, there's no accomplishment. It's just there's something in that's special that's, no, that's noticed by this prophet. So they were marveled. Then Simeon blessed them, Verse right? He said he blessed them. And then said to Mary's mother, now this is so great, right? Why didn't he say it to both? Huh? This is what I'm wondering. Because, so there's this moment, they speak, and there's Mary and Joseph, and then it's sort of like the prophet goes, Mary. Because the guy wouldn't get it anyway? Because the prophet knew he might be out golfing? Because 
we sort of get the indication that Joseph wasn't around. We don't know, but did he die? Would he not be around for this part? Or was this a mom thing? We don't know, but he was talking to the both of them, and then he pulls Mary aside. And he says something to Mary. Mary, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will cause joy or bring joy to many others. He's going to, he is going to be sort of a, if you will, a controversial figure. Just think about that. If you were a mom and you got that news from the time he was an infant, how would that make you feel? Would you feel honored? Would you feel anxious? Would you feel apprehensive? Why, why is this? Why, why is he going to lift many people up? And why is he going to bring a lot of people down? He has been sent as a sign from God, but many people will oppose him. This is probably... After you hear this great story with the the mom and the dad together, many people will oppose him. This is probably not what you want to hear. If I'm surveying quickly, mom, the baby dedication, could you imagine if I was up here and said, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like this kid? (laughs) Would be my last baby dedication at Orchard Grove. No one would ever bring their kids up. Is that right? So just think about it. Many will oppose him. And then it says, and so the thoughts, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then there's this sentence, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Sort of you get the ominous prophetic note, don't you? And a sword will pierce your very soul. The prophet pulled Mary aside. And I think one of the things that we realize in life is that we don't get to usually skate through life without at some point or another a sword piercing our own soul. We don't know all of why this event happened for Mary and not for Joseph, but if I can use it today for our launch into Mother's Day... I would just like to say that, you know, for moms, moms tend to care. I'm not saying dads don't, you know, just everybody give me a little grace here to to just talk for a minute. But moms tend to care. And I think if most people are honest, and there's not always black and white, and I get that, and we're all different shades, and I understand all that. But moms just tend to care. Can I just say this a little bit more? They just, for whatever reason, they just care a little bit more. And they, they, they're, they're tuned in, they're dialed in in a way that maybe a, maybe a man isn't naturally as much. And they care, and ready? They carry. Because they care, they carry with them. They carry with them emotionally. And the ominous way that this prophecy came to Mary said something. So we're talking in this series about peace and contentment. And we're talking about how peace has to be an inside thing. It has to. Otherwise, we would spend the rest of our life chasing something. So Mary is given this 
And let's just be honest, it's, what she is presented with is uncertainty. There's one thing we don't like, it's uncertainty. How many would get on an airplane headed for Florida today if you were uncertain? You know, we got, we got like an 80% chance we're going to make it down to Miami. How many say, you know, I'll take the train? Right? We like certainty. So from the very beginning, she's given uncertainty about, about her child. This is so difficult and disconcerting for anybody because the one thing that we want to know, I want to know what's going to happen next week. I want to know what's going to happen next year. And so Mary is presented with, uh, well, he's going he's gonna to bring joy to a lot of people, but a lot of people are going to turn against him. I don't know about you, but in, in life, it's so much better if you can just have guarantees. But the older you get in life, the more you realize that there are no, what? There's no guarantees. That you start to learn that life is, is a paradox. Life is actually uncertain. And so, ready? This is important to our series. Peace here. Peace here. Not here. This is what we're learning. It doesn't come here. Peace here is accepting paradox over perfection. Are you ready, Rachel Ray? Are you ready? Uh, uh, All right. You aren't Martha Stewart. I mean, I hate to tell you. I hate to be the one that brought it. I hate to. You're not. You aren't Rachel Ray. You're not. You're, your life's, you're, your house is messy. You don't got that kind of money to have people cleaning up all the time. You know, see, you, people come to your house. You got chips on the floor. You know what I mean? You got this. You got that. You got things going on. And if you, if you embrace perfection... If you embrace television, this is the world I'm pursuing. I don't, I don't, your life is bound and, and linked to frustration. But if you can get to the place in your life, and we're going to talk about the journey of getting there, um, if you can get to the place in your life where you can accept that this is not perfect, that this is a paradox, that, that this is not a picture, but this is reality, then you can have peace here even when you don't have perfection here. It's called acceptance. I just accept it. May it be. I accept it. It's just the way that it is. So friends, think for a minute about what you need to accept So I'm not up here just talking and then you go home and make some food and whatever. But think for a minute. What do I need to today just accept? Okay. My family's not perfect. My kitchen's not perfect. My house isn't perfect. My wood floors aren't perfect. It's not perfect. But when you get to the place of acceptance, then you're in a different place. People come to your house and they see those chips and you're trying to do the Rachel Ray thing for years and years and you're exposed. You just tell people, well, you know how Rachel, she always throws salt over her shoulder. I just throw chips. I just throw chips. 
We're not Italian, we're Polish. I just throw them away. <laughs> just kidding. Relax, relax, relax. All right. So you, you, don't have, you don't have perfect. So Mary has this thing where she has to go. Now think about it. What is, she, what, what is Mary supposed to do with that information? It's something that she has to hold on to. She's got to put on her insides. And as we learned about Mary, something so beautiful, she pondered, this phrase goes, she pondered these things in her heart. She pondered them in her heart. Let's say it together. She pondered them in her... You know what we could use? A little more pondering. Less worrying, more pondering. I don't know how this exactly is going to work out. Faith, ready? Faith is accepting uncertainty. That's why it's crazy. You listen to Christian radio and they're all trying to give you certainty. All these guys trying to prove and give you certainty about everything. It's nuts. Faith is accepting what? Uncertainty. Abraham followed God and he didn't know what? Where he was going. Faith is accepting. I don't know how this is going to work out. People that have peace, they have faith because they accept. I don't know how this is going to work out. Moms have this sort of peace under pressure. Now, um, this is a highly risky maneuver I'm going to try right now. And I, I, I probably shouldn't do it on Mother's Day, but I got next service to fix it. So you're, yeah, all right. Huh? I mean, I, this was so risky because I thought, no, don't do it on Mother's Day. No, but I, anyway, I am. Okay, so... I got this from a guy, and it's a sort of a thing I'm working on. I've been throwing it by a few people, and some people like it, and some people don't, so you guys can vote. But I got this from a, an Old Testament scholar. And he said, he said, reading the Scriptures, reading the Old Testament, anybody ever get bungled up in the Old Testament before? Anybody just put it down and say, I'm done with it? I'm like, going, okay, Sure. It's confusing. It's just, is God happy or mad or is he angry? What's wrong and what's going on here? And just give me to Jesus, right? So he said, he said, understanding the Old Testament is a lot like understanding how a child grows and develops and becomes a hum- an adult. I was bought. I, 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 he got me. So it, we, we have several Jewish... Uh, members of our church family here. So if I screw this up, just send me a polite email, all right? But Jewish people understand their scriptures, which Christians call the Old Testament, right? This would have been the scriptures Jesus had, right? Although he didn't carry it around with him. He could go to the, the, the synagogue and it would be pulled out in a huge scroll and sections of it read at a time. But, the, but they, they divide their scriptures into three parts, all right? And so what you and I call the Old Testament... Their scriptures, right? All right. They call it Tanakh. One, two, three, the Tanakh. And it's, uh, it's for three parts, all right? The Torah. Five books. You know them? Right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy. All right, right. Everybody went to Sunday school. All right, I like it. Okay. 
All right? This for the Nevaim. And this would be not the this would be not the first five books of Moses, right? But this would be the the prophets. Now, how many know the story? We did this a while back, but it's good refresher. They go into they go into Egypt, right? And they become like this big, big, big family. And then they leave Egypt, right? And when they leave Egypt, right? I'll throw a pyramid in there for grins, all right? Uh, keep, it, <laughs> keep everybody with me. And they leave Egypt, and then they, they come into the what? The land, all right? Now, they get into the land, and then you have the writings, right? The Ketuvim. And this is what we would call the wisdom books. There's 11 of them in the Hebrew Scriptures. So just, just so you know, like most Christians that I know, they divide their Bible into what? Two parts. Old Testament and what? New Testament. And I know some of you are like bored and like, come on, Christmas mothers, that you're killing me and we got food on. All right, I know. But, but just so you know, Jesus and Paul and all these people that we follow and study and read, they didn't have any of the New Testament that we call. This is what they had. And this is how they looked at it. This is how they split it up. And, and, and so in the Torah, and then you have the prophets, and then you have the wisdom books. Ready? Are you with me? All right. We're going, am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? All right. So genius... This guy says this is exactly how us humans develop. The Torah. What's here? Rules. Lots of rules. Lots and lots and lots of rules. There's also what? Structure. Um, as uh, Maria Montessori would put it, predictability, Right? predictability. So when you're raising a child, what do you want? Chaos, disorder. Hey, do what you want, kid. Grab something in the fridge. No, when you, most people that study these kinds of human development with your little infant, you start, you give them safety. What's key? Safety, structure, predictability, cuddling, Speaking wonderful words of affirmation, right? So big things that you want in this area are safety, right? And what? Security. All right. Then, then you go into a next phase. And in this phase, you feel safe. You feel special, What did the people of Israel? They were coming out of the promised land. They needed laws. They needed structure. They needed an identity. This is so huge. Read some of the, um, read some of the great commentators. They'll talk about just, just for one example. When they leave the promised land, they put the, the, they put the uh, mark on the doorpost. You remember this? And when they put the mark on the doorpost, the guy was like, it, it says in there, so God will see and that the angel will pass over, where we get the word pass over, will pass over that house and the death angel won't enter. But get it, it's God we're talking about. 
Does he need the marking? No. This is so important. Who needed the marking? The people. It was a, it was a, it was a community builder. What happens when, if you drive a Jeep? Well, it used to be, I guess there's so many Jeeps now, I don't know. But it used to be if you drove a Jeep and you see another guy on a Jeep, you're like, you know, usually if you have the door off, you throw a couple fingers out. What's up, bro? If you're driving a Harley, right? And you see another guy in a Harley, you do the, what's up, man? Right? If you're driving a little Volkswagen, you go, beep, beep, right? But whatever, you know, you, 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 get, you get what I'm saying, right? Like you try to get things going with other people. Am I getting somewhere or no? And so in the early stage, you want your little infant to feel amazing, to feel special, to, to, to just, and, and, and this is all good. That's how it should be. You pour love in. Then, the, get this, the prophets, what did these guys do? They critiqued the nation of Israel. Here, it was like, we're the best, we're the best, fly the flag, we're the best, you're the best, you're God's chosen. Here, they're like, well, yeah, but... Everybody say, yeah, but. One, two, three. Yeah, Yeah, but. Yeah, 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 but. You aren't all that. Are you with me now? Hmm. The next phase. Yeah, yeah, God chose you, but. And the prophets, if you've read any of this this section of the scriptures, they're constantly critiquing Israel. They're, yeah, your promise, yes, but. But this, but that. It's called self-critique. It's moving into a different, a different phase of life. Ready? The capacity for healthy self-criticism. We get to a point in life where we can admit we're wrong. It's where your teenager hasn't got to yet. Right? It's, it's just like, no, 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 I'm right. You're right. But you get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm not right about this. You get to the point where you can critique yourself. You get to the point where you realize that your team or your tribe or your background or your upbringing wasn't perfect. It was good, but it wasn't perfect. That your team isn't always right about everything. That Lutherans don't know everything. What? Or whoever you came... Okay, so... You, you get to this next phase of life. Now, this is so important. Moms, speaking of Mother's Day, moms can critique a child that they have poured a lot of love into. Hmm? How many can remember this growing up? <clears throat> a mom who's done a lot of this, psychologists call it mirroring, you're the best, or the whatever. You know, you build them up, you give them structure, you give them order, you give them law, you give them discipline, and then they go, now, honey, I don't know how you started, right? If we can just tweak this a little bit, you aren't doing this all exactly right. Like, you're cute and all. Have I ever told you how cute you are, honey? However, anybody have a however conversation with your mom? Huh? It was like, yeah, it lasted 17 years. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So now there's some critique, and you, you, you hear the prophets, like, uh, you know, Malachi, you know. It's like, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Like, wait, I thought, 
I thought you were all about, you wanted blood and sacrifice. He's like, no, I'm looking for mercy. So you start to critique. This is so important in human development. Now watch this. If you've, if you've built up a strong ego, if you've built up well and put structure and all this in place, then you can handle this. But meet a person, meet a person going down the street in your biology class, in a cubicle next to you that's not been given lots of structure and love and order and, and critique them. It doesn't go well. This is brilliant. And what he says is, what we're working towards is wisdom. Wisdom. What books are here? Job. You ever read that book? That's difficult. Why? Because you get to the place in life where things fall apart. This is when things fall apart. Here, everything's perfect. Everything's working out. The tooth fairy always shows up on time, right? Like here, things are falling apart. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. I didn't know my kid was going to get sick. I didn't know my boss was going to screw me over. I didn't know. And this is when things don't work. And you prayed and prayed and prayed, and that answer never came. Here, the answers always come, and they're right on time. And you have to get to another place in life. The genius of this is it helps not just moms, but any parent. Wait a minute. This is the whole, get it, this is the whole story. This is the whole story of Scripture. And one guy said it this way. At this phase, you have order. How many people love order? Come on, put your hand up. You're an order freak. You like pencils this way. How many love order? How many love to come home and it's peace and quiet? Everything's the shoes are lined up. How many love the shoes lined up? Huh? Ah. Huh? Order. Then it goes to ready? Disorder. You had a teenager. How many parents have ever said, could you clean your room? And, and it goes, sure, mom. I mean, it usually doesn't come out that way, but you get to sure, mom. And when you get to sure, mom, you walk, they, they, they come out, it's done. It's done. You walk in, I'm excited to see the order in the room. How I many you know what I'm talking about? It looks like a street sweeper went through the middle of the room and just threw everything against the walls. This is, this is their... This is their version of order. Like, you can walk through it. What else do you... What are you after here? And our light... This is so important. Our lives move this way to disorder, to questions, to confusion, to doubt, to crisis of faith, to, I don't understand this anymore. This is when you start to lose the tribal thinking. This is when things start to change. But this is necessary in order to get to wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is Mary. 
Wisdom can handle the paradox. Wisdom is faith. Can handle the uncertainty. This is so important. If you'll listen, I'll just try to I'll try to boil it down today. Look, you can chase certainty the rest of your life. You can chase perfection the rest of your life. But oftentimes, what you're doing is you're trading, you're trading the pursuit of certainty for peace on the inside. And if you get to, if you move through these phases, you can get to the place of wisdom where you can say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out. Like Mary, I, I have no idea. But you know what? Let it be as God has said. One more thing. Wouldn't it be nice as our kids are growing up if we knew that they would cleanly move from this phase to this phase? Like if the steps were clear. Like now you're this age, because that's what we try to do, right? Like you're this age, so now you're an adult. You're this age, you're 16, so this, oh, you're bar mitzvah, you're bat mitzvah, your first communion, whatever. But that's not how we really grow. How do we grow? Like fits and starts. You do something that's really brilliant. Your kids ever do something brilliant or compassionate or kind, and you just go, wow. <laughs> bottle it, right? And just bottle that. And can we repeat that every single day? But what happens? No, it doesn't happen. They do something, and then they what? Go back to selfish. They do something, and they go back. And, but the net gain is this. You move this direction. Why is wisdom so important? Because life is so unpredictable. So if you make this your goal, right, you're going to be stuck here the rest of your life. But if you embrace this, it can carry you to this. Now listen very carefully. This forces compassion. If you have wisdom, you have to have compassion. You have to. Compassion at the wisdom stage, compassion is not an idea. It's not an ideal. It's a necessity. I have to be compassionate because that didn't work out for me either. I have to forgive you because I have to forgive myself too. I have to let go of that because I need forgiveness in my cycle. Some people, they just grip and they claw and they hold on. But you know what? This is the direction that it moves. It was Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 who quoted the prophet Malachi. He says, I, don't you know? Don't you know your own scriptures? God desires mercy, not sacrifice. The ability to critique yourself is a sign of health. The ability to laugh at yourself is a sign of wisdom. When we're young, we can't laugh at ourselves. We take ourselves too seriously. As one of the pastors I love says, he says, a lot of Christians that I know, right, they take themselves too seriously and they don't, they don't take God seriously enough. What if God had all of us on a journey towards wisdom? Wisdom. 